The new film, Faith, Hope, and Love, is a heartwarming romantic comedy about two vulnerable lost souls who have each suffered deep losses and have their guards up as a result. When they enter a dance contest, their lives connect, and they begin to discover new perspectives on life, love, and faith. Joining me to share more about Faith, Hope, and Love is the writer and star of the film, Robert Kranz. Well, the new movie, Faith, Hope, and Love, does a wonderful job in taking relatable real-world experiences with valuable life lessons and perfectly serving them with the right touch of humor. Joining me now to share more about Faith, Hope, and Love is the writer and star of the film, Robert Krantz, who you know from the films Back to the Future, Woman in Red, The Billionaire's Boys Club, and many others. Thank you so much for joining me today, Robert. Uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Now, first, tell us a little bit more about the film, and how did you come up with the concept for it? The concept actually came, I, I, I swear, I think it was Divine Intervention. I had written a book called Falling in Love with Sophia, and I was convinced that was going to be the next movie that I made. And one day I was at the gym, and I'd finished working out, and I went to get something to drink. And I got the water, and within five feet of where the water was, I went to sit down, and I looked over, and there was a group of women taking a dance class. And between that water fountain and that seat, something crossed my mind. And I sat down, I thought, well, that would be a good idea for a movie. And I literally went home, wrote it on a piece of paper, I kept the piece of paper, I put it up on social media a couple months ago. That was six and a half years ago. Oh, wow. And, and so I, um, that's how it came into my mind. And I was started, the next day we were going on a trip as a family, and my son Nicholas was next to me, and I started writing and writing. He said, what are you doing, Dad? I said, I got this idea, and I could not get the idea out of my head. Even though I had the screenplay and the book done for the other, for Falling in Love with Sophia, it, um, I just, that faith, hope, and love, there was something that God put on my heart and told me, this is what I want you to do. And... Um, I just followed that voice through all those years and through the uh, you know the past year that we made it and have been doing post-production and so forth. Just kept following that voice. Wow, that's a wonderful um, thing, and God's timing is perfect. We know that for sure. Now, this film is very well put together and it's shot beautifully. Um, what was the production process like? And you told us how long it took you to bring the film to life, but how long did it take to film the entire movie? The, actually, people sometimes don't realize the filming of it only takes several weeks. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's the easy part because you really have to get it right, and it, it really takes an, a tremendous amount of pre-production to get it right um, because especially in a film like this, we had to have all the music ahead of time, all the choreography done ahead of time, rehearsed and so forth, and then you just execute that plan when you get into production. And then the longest part is probably post-production. Um, I had also uh, edited the, the film with the help of several other people, and um, it took, I think, four and a half months before we were finally done with the film, uh, after we'd completed it. So that's actually one of the hardest parts. And also, that part is kind of um, the lonely part, because it's really only you, assistant editor, and a few other people, and you're looking at that footage all day long, every day, for months. 
So that kind of is the longest part. But all in all, I would say from beginning to end, it's probably a year-long process. It's well worth it because the end result is just beautiful. I can't speak enough of it. And the soundtrack is wonderful as well. Now, um, of course, you're most... Oh, no Michelle problem. Crispin was our was our sound uh, supervisor and she uh, music supervisor, excuse me, and she uh, she and I began working on that music two years ago, and um, you know when you talk about God's presence in a project or in your life, um, that's a perfect example. I had never met Michelle, and I think God brings people into your your life when you're doing His work um, that are that are meant for to be there and to help you uh, fulfill what his purpose is. And she was one of them. And we worked so hard on that, on all of that music to get it right. And so it's always great when somebody mentions stuff like that. Yes, I'm a big stickler for music and sound and movies. So, yes, definitely have to give props for that. Great job there. <laughs> Now, of course, you're no stranger to acting, writing, and producing in film and television. How is working on Faith, Health, um, Faith Hope, and Love different from your work on other projects? It was different in this sense, and that it was the biggest uh, project I'd ever worked on in terms of so many hats, writing it, producing it, um, co-directing it, dancing in it, editing it, and so forth. You have help along the way. Uh, Jay Janglet was a co-director of ours. Um, I had people helping me with editing and so forth. But really, you, I took on so many hats in this project, and you have to be so focused. And this was, of all the projects I'd done, the one that I did the most amount of work on. Um, and you can't, you can't mess up in any, any one of these facets. Otherwise, it hurts the film tremendously. If I don't, if I haven't learned the choreography and I don't know the dance, it's going to hurt in the end. If I don't know my lines and I don't know what I'm doing in scenes, it's going to hurt. You can't you can't edit your way around something like that. Um, if I don't spend dozens and dozens and dozens of hours staring at the footage and really know what I'm doing and make sure I do a good job, it's going to hurt the film. So it's each one has its own category of difficulty. But the the thing that made this so different was I had to really focus on five or six. Um, parts of production and post-production that was difficult enjoyable but difficult well you did a flawless job i have to give it to you <laughs> <laughs> oh man I'll tell, tell all the critics when it comes out tell them that i'd appreciate that it, it was flawless for sure absolutely now we talked about you let's talk about the rest of the cast how did you assemble this stellar class for this movie um what were, were there certain actors you already had in your mind as you wrote the story or you talked about you had the concept down way early on but as it became more and more to fruition did you already have certain actors that you saw in your mind for certain roles it's a great great question um and again um uh, not to be redundant but to i know that a lot of people that are watching this film will be reading about are people of faith or you know people that are interested in faith so I mentioned uh, uh, this aspect again we had offered I'd written that role the role of faith I had really uh, written it originally with Candace Cameron Bure in mind um, and I, I think she had been on Dancing with the Stars I'd seen on there and I thought oh this would be great for her and so forth that she ended up passing on it um, and then we offered it probably to I want to say at least another dozen actresses, and we we they all passed on it. 
<laughs> they, they all, you know, they all passed on it for various reasons, scheduling some people, some people money and so forth. And then we finally got a well-known dancer, somewhat famous dancer, and she had um, committed to it. And we were about uh, a month and a half away from production, and she just wouldn't rehearse. And so I called her manager. I'm like, hey, look, she's, she's never acted before. She's got to rehearse. And she ended up skipping out on another rehearsal, and I finally said, hey, we got to let her go. And everyone said, oh, my God, don't let her go. You know, it's, we're never going to find a actress who can dance or a dancer who can act, and you just you, you got to go with what you got. Now it was 39 days before production. And I remember saying, no, I'm going to stick to my guns. And um, I went back, prayed about it, and I said, God, <laughs> you got to... Uh, we need a faith. We we have faith, but we need you to find us a faith. And so, uh, which is the lead actress's character name. And so I mentioned to the casting directors, what about Peter Murgatroyd? Uh, and she had just gotten off of the show Dancing with the Stars. And as fate turned out, the week she got let off the show was the week that we were looking for somebody. And she told me later that the morning... She came into the uh, audition. She was crying. She'd had a really rough morning that morning, and she was crying, and she had called up and said, Germandra, I don't think I'm going to go. I don't want to go. It's gonna, I don't think it's going to turn out good. She never acted before. And she came upstairs, and we actually have the tape still. And she read, and at the end of the tape, I said, that was great. She said, really? And I said, no, that was really great. And she ended up being our faith. And a few weeks ago, one of my sons asked me, of all the actresses you gave you know, made the offer to and thought of, would any of them have been better than PETA? And the answer was no. And I, it really made me think that God led me to her. And I, ironically, in our first week of rehearsals, PETA and I were rehearsing. And in the, one of our breaks, she turned to me and she said, you know, I've been praying about this for the past year. And that was a, a sobering moment because I realized it was almost like God was saying to me, I, this is what I wanted you to have. Don't mess it up, Robert. <laughs> so, yeah. and, so. and this is how you know for sure that that's the truth, because in watching the film, you cannot tell what you just said is true. You would think mm -hmm. that she was the absolute first choice that you had her in mind, which definitely proves, like you said, she was the one for the role. We all know sometimes God takes us through hills and valleys to get us to where he okay. really wants us to be. So um, right. what not that does not show on film at all. So definitely yeah, kudos that, to that. That's an amazing story. That's the way God works. And I, I found that with every every role we cast, every it's just if, if you're patient and you tell God it's, it's your will, not my will, thy will be done. He will take it to where it's supposed to be. Sometimes it's so confusing. Because for me, 39 days before, to have to fire that actress or that dancer and to have to go through all that and have everyone telling me, by the way, when when I went to hire PETA, everybody, I mean everybody around me said, do not do it. You'll never be able to teach her how to act in 39 days. And I just thought, I think I can do this. And so Pete and I rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed, and she had a natural talent for it, which went a long way. But the other thing was she listened to whatever I had to say. She would listen to it, and she would execute it. And, um, and, I, 
and in the end, I, I just think she's fantastic in the movie. I think it's one of the best performances by a true dancer in a movie in 20 or 30 years. I've been saying that for a year. I really do think it is. She did do a fantastic job, and it's interesting that you mentioned natural because that's what I was going to mention as well is that the chemistry between you two, um, between the chemistry and your acting and her acting and the way it was shot, looking at it, you don't, you forget that you're looking at a film. That's it's great. almost That's as if you're. You could ever say. <laughs> it's almost as if you're standing. You know, you're standing on that rooftop. You're standing in that dance studio, and you're watching this happen in real time. So, that uh, lets you know. That's the best compliment you could ever give. It, it lets you know what a fantastic job you did, that Peta did, that the entire cast did with this film. You cannot tell that was her first time acting at all. Everything was so natural, especially the scenes between the two of you. Yeah, you know, and the funny thing is, too, sometimes you work on a film and you shoot a scene and you go, oh, that felt great. And then you look at the footage and you go, oh, that didn't turn out too good. You know, you think it did. So I remember the first time um, I had a chance to look at some of the footage. I think it was like day three or four, maybe day five even. And it was the scene where Pete and I are at the door and she says, I need to tell you something. And we go up to the rooftop after that. Um, it's at the door that she, I looked at that scene and I thought, hey, I think we got pretty good chemistry. I think it's showing up on film. Uh, there was something about the two characters and the way that we related, and you never know. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I never know why or why not. But Pete and I, it worked from the very first day, and, um, and it, it, I think it showed up on film. It, it definitely shines through in the heart. Um, from her and from you shines through through the film. It's undeniable. So just excellent job. Can't, can't <laughs> speak you. enough about it. Uh, we talked about, um, Peter, let's talk about the other all-star cast members that you had in the film. Um, I'm speaking of the legendary actors Ed Asner and Corbin Burson. How was it to have them a part of the film and to work with them? You know, there's always a moment <laughs> when you're doing these things, even Michael Richards from uh, Kramer from Seinfeld as well, there's a moment where you're directing them and you go, hey, let's do this, try this, and, and, and go back and do this. And there's a moment when you're walking back towards the camera where you think, oh, my God, I'm, I'm directing Kramer. <laughs> I'm directing Ed Hasn't. I mean, these guys have won so many awards for comedy and for drama, and you think, what, what do they even need to talk to me about? <laughs> I mean, you know? But the one thing I learned with, with all of them, all of them is when they come on the set in the first five minutes they they will sense whether you're monkeying around or whether you're really serious and on our sets we're a very low-key quiet set but we're all we're all about business when we're there we're working really hard and um, they pick up on that and the minute they know you're trying and they know especially that I'm acting as well they know I, you know, I give them so much respect because I know what they're going through. I know what they're thinking. I know what they're trying to do. And the one thing that was a common denominator for all of them, those guys are all old school. They aren't phoning it in. They want to get it right. And if you, they see you're trying to get it right, man, do they respond to that. I mean, Ed Asner was 87, and... Um, I would give him a note or something. He'd go, I, I got it, I got it, I know, I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just love it because he, he didn't fluff it off. He really wanted to get it right. And um, in fact, during one of the breaks, I went up to M. Emmett Walsh, another phenomenal legend, 
and at Asner, and I turned to Ed and I said, Ed, I have to tell you, um, it's an honor for me to have you here and to be directing you. I said, growing up, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be have this opportunity. And he looked at me and he just kind of smiled. And it was a twinkle, like it still meant something to him. I go, I know you've heard it a million times. I said, but it's an honor. And, um, and then I said to him, I don't know if you'll understand this joke, but there was a famous scene with him and Mary Tyler Moore where she, she, he said, kid, you got a lot of spunk. And she goes, oh, I, yeah, I know, I guess I do. He goes, I hate spunk. And it became a famous line. <laughs> yeah. And so I said to him, I said, Ed, at least I didn't make you say, um, I hate spunk. And he just started laughing. Because <laughs> that was my way of saying, I know who you are. I've been watching you forever. And you're a legend. All those right. guys, Orban, they're all, and they're all just fantastic, hardworking, loved working with them. And, and Michael Richards, too. Michael, oh, man, we have some of the tape, too, where I'm directing him. And he, Michael, if you're working hard and you're trying to get it, man, is he a, he's just, oh, I just can't say enough about him. Great guy. And cast is just phenomenal. We talked about the cast and you. Um, now we're going to get into a little bit of the story. I promise you I won't ask you anything to give the film away because I want everyone <laughs> to see the film for themselves, okay? <laughs> but in speaking of the film, uh, we do see your character, Jimmy, um, as well as a few of the other characters. Hold on to hope and fight to remain positive when things are going from bad to worse. Now, how important was it for you to relay that message in this film? That's the whole. That's the whole game right there. Um, you know, when I was in film school, my f final film was called "Hold On to Your Dream," um, and I think that's what God put me in this world to do. Which is, I think that I, when I talk to friends, acquaintances, family members, in my own personal experiences, and you see people going through trouble, and I'm telling you, everybody is. It's just the nature of life. You have great moments, but there's a lot of struggle in between. And I think that what God put in my heart through the years is that when people tell me something's going wrong in their life or I read something, for whatever reason, I just can't gloss over it. And go, oh, you know, that's too bad. Sorry to hear that. It really affects me and stays with me sometimes for years. Um, and so what I've learned through, through the years is that I think my movies reflect that real-life situation and then leaves you with hope. And that's, that's what I get from God, is I get that, that eternal hope. God has, there have been so many moments in my life that have been, could be devastating moments, things that were on the brink of horrible disaster. And some of them were, you know, were disasters. And each time God gave me the hope, held on to me, and brought me back up. Now, let me give you an example, because who's ever listened to this may go, I wonder what he's talking about. Um, my wife and I, it was uh, 20 years ago, we, uh, she got pregnant with triplet boys. And 12 weeks into the pregnancy, she went uh, into labor. And the doctor said, you're going to have to go on complete bed rest. And at one point, he said, look, I'm not worried about the three boys dying. He goes, what I'm worried about is you're going to give birth to three invalids. And he said, and your marriage will be over. It'll have a devastating impact on you. And so they were encouraging us to reduce from three to two to one. And, you know, I, there was a lot of tears and a lot of 
just a lot of emotion. But by the grace of God, we just said, you know, some a priest said to me at the time, he's talking about his own wife, and he said, you know, my, my marriage could survive anything. And I felt that way about my wife. Uh, my wife and I have been married now 25 years, and I guess we were about five years in our marriage then, and I just thought our marriage will survive anything. We're, we're tight. And so we said, no, we're not going to reduce. And he said, he put these monitors on her, and every week those monitors would go off. We'd go into the emergency room. He'd say, guys, you, you, you can't come back in here, you know. A week later, on again. And finally, it was a great moment. He said, if you come back in before Labor Day, he goes, I'm going to tell you, you have to reduce. I'm going to tell you that there's your doctor. Sure enough, on Labor Day, the monitor went off. Into the emergency room we go, and I'm sitting there just thinking, oh, this is going to be a horrible conversation. I, I don't know how we're going to get in a fight with this doctor. The doctor walks in. He had to be about 6'2". My wife's 5'3", and she'd just come out of the bathroom with her gown on. And she looked at him when he walked in. She goes, I don't care what you say. I'm not reducing. I'm not getting ready for the kids. And if that's what you're going to ask me to do, you can leave. <laughs> and that was it. He just started laughing. He goes, okay, if that's what you want. He goes, we'll try and make it as far as we can. And that was about week 20, maybe. And it went to 22, 24, 28, 32. And finally, he said to my wife, why don't you tell me when you're going to give birth and I'll just show up. And she said, if it's week 35, she goes, it'll be tomorrow. And it was tomorrow. And and uh, that's when she gave birth at 35 weeks. And those three boys have gone on to not only be uh, scholar athletes in high school, but they've gone to three of the best universities in the country, and they play football in college now. And um, it's by the, by the absolute and total grace of God. And that's just one of many examples of where God has, um, has, has so impacted my life. The reason I'm making these films is to give glory back to him and to let everyone know whatever you're going through if you ask God to help he'll be there he will be there that is so true amen and thank you so much for sharing your personal experience with us and you just uh, mentioned you're making these movies for everyone right so yeah. the whole family so you talked about I would say grown folks stuff adult things that adults go through now I want to bring it to the kids because you do have some kids in this movie um, quite a bit of them. Again, don't want to give the whole story away, but you do. Your character has two young girls um, who are going through their own experience with the sudden loss of their mom at a young age, and this is something that we've been seeing playing out actually in the spotlight um, quite a bit lately with um, the untimely passing of Kim Porter. She left behind her twin daughters, and then um, Pastor Tony Evans' um, niece, Winter Pitt, she passed, left behind four daughters. Um, as this is a movie, as we said, the whole family can enjoy, um, what do you hope that young kids, especially those who have lost a parent at a young age or may just be going through a tough time themselves, what would you like for them to take away from this story? Well, um, this is a, I give you a perfect example. The night of the premiere in Los Angeles, somebody that was a friend called up and said, um, there's a child who essentially was a foster child that she was watching over because the mom was going through a difficult time. The dad had committed suicide, and the son had seen it. And he said, um, uh, the, the, the lady asked me, can he come to the premiere? She said, he's only 12 years old. And I said, absolutely, are you kidding? Of course. And um, he came to the premiere, and I saw him, he saw the movie, and afterwards, I got a chance to talk to him briefly, and she called me up later, she said, 
I can't believe what an impact that movie made on his life. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, he's never cried and he's never thought about or talked about what happened. And um, she said when certain things happened in the movie, it was the first time, she goes, it was almost like it was the first time he could relate to something and release that emotion. And, um, and I've stayed in touch with both of them since the movie, since that premiere. And um, it's just, that's just another one of those moments where you realize you're having an enormous impact on people. And what really was cool, a lot of the young dancers were there that were between 9 to 14 years old. And they were originally supposed to sit up in the balcony because I wasn't sure if they would sit still. And I was so shocked. They stood still for the whole movie and cried and laughed with everybody else and um, had a huge impact on them. And that's a great thing that you can get young kids even relating to a film. Absolutely, absolutely. And you talked about um, how this movie has impacted them. It definitely impacted me when I watched it. I laughed, I cried, I it touched upon so many things even in my own life. So that actually the messages in the movie helped me. So thank you for that. Um, yes, and we mentioned earlier, um, as you said, you wore many hats to bring this film to life for that sole purpose. Um, tell us how his writing, producing, and starring in this movie impacted you. It's a great question. Um, you know, I think the, the biggest impact it's had on my life is if you're going to fluff something, if you're going to kind of just walk through it, 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 it's easy to do. You can, you can, you can kind of cheat on the writing, you kind of cheat on the acting, you kind of, the, the thing that it's had is every step of the way, you keep trying to do the best you can, and what you're trying to do is you really think long and hard, what am I trying to say, and what am I trying to do it for? And at the end of the day, it's moments like you and I are having right now. This is it for me. I wrote the publicist today, and they were talking about Entertainment Tonight and Good Morning America and stuff like that. And I just said, he, then he mentioned the faith-based, conservative, and um, religious, and so forth. And I just said, that's who I want to talk to. Any, anybody that's struggling out there, that put me there. That's where I want to go. I don't need the cover of magazines and all that stuff. And I don't need that. What I really want to do is is reach out because I realize that's what this movie is about. And that's what I think God put me here to do, and so that's what I'm trying to do. And each step of the way, the impact it's had on me is when I when this movie's done, there's three things people will come up. They're very cordial when they walk in. They say hello. They screen the film, and afterwards people will come up and hug you and hold you. And, and the three things they say to me are, number one, thank you for making me feel good about life again. Uh, number two, um, thank you for making a faith-based film that doesn't pound me over the head with, you know, a ton of, you know, um, stuff about religion. You let me kind of feel my way through it as the film goes on. And number three, thank you for giving me a film that I can watch with my children, my husband, my wife, and with my grandparents. And it's, it's reinforced in me. Um, keep doing what you're doing because it's having an impact on people. And um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I'll tell you, this will be an interesting question. If, if, if we look back on this interview, I, I have been reading the Bible about miracles for the last two months. And this, if you ask me, this may end up being the biggest impact it has on me because I'm trying to figure out what every miracle that God did, 
he would never say, I, I healed you. He would always say, your faith has healed you. And he always loved when you had bold faith. Like the sergeant that came to him and said, I know if you say it, I don't, you don't even have to go there, Jesus. If you just say it, my daughter will be healed. Christ loved that faith. And so I keep looking in my prayer life. I keep saying, God, where do I put that? How, at what level do I say that I know it's going to be a huge hit, even though we're only going out in 25 theaters? So it's, it's, that's probably the biggest um, question and biggest lesson I'm going to learn in this film is, the answer to that question, and this all kind of plays out to see what God, what God did with with the movie. Well, I will tell you this: God is definitely behind you. You actually have tears in my eyes right now with everything that you just said. So, Ooh, okay. Um. That is why we do this. I'm telling you, this is this is. I'm I'm telling you, this is why. I know this is why God. You know, I'd had another uh, interview this morning. And it was very similar to this. This is why I know this is why God's having me do it. Where it's going to all end up, I don't know. But I have a feeling God has something big in store. And I think that people will listen to interviews like this and say, oh, my God, I remember before this thing even took out, I, I took off, I heard him talking about this, and look what it became. And it won't reflect on me. It will reflect on God. Absolutely. He will get all thing. the glory. That is so true. Well, that was um, actually, I only have one more question for you. Um, as we just said, there's so many inspiring messages in the film, and, and you talked about a lot of those messages, but if you could just pick out just one of the messages um, that you hope viewers would take away from seeing the film, what would it be? It would be hope. It would be whatever you're going through. At times it feels insurmountable times it feels crushing it feels times it feels like your dreams aren't coming true it feels like you haven't found that person your son or daughter's on drugs whatever it may be it can feel like there's just no up left and I hope that what comes through this film is hope there is hope in the film Jimmy's lost his wife for three years she's going through a divorce these are things that happen to people all the time He's struggling with his, his daughters. These are common everyday problems that are, can sometimes crush a human being's spirit. And what I try and show is that there's hope, and that hope is in the name of Christ. That's what I hope comes through. Absolutely. Amen. Well, the story of faith, hope, and love, it touches upon so many real-world experiences, just as Robert said, parenting, being single in today's society, the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, work relationships, emotional health, and so much more. Go see it when it opens in theaters everywhere on March 15th. And you can also visit the website fhl.movie to learn more and you can also follow Faith, Hope and Love on social media. Well, I want to tell you this has been an absolute pleasure and an honor to speak with you today Robert. I wish you the best of success with the film. Again, I plan on watching it tonight with my kids. <laughs> my husband will be home till tomorrow. He's at work right now but he's going to watch it when he gets home tomorrow. So um, hey, one I just correction. One correction. They, they switched the, the address on the web is fhlmovie.com okay. they switched it so it's fhlmovie.com 
we've got it fhlmovie.com and we yeah. will have that updated as well when we do our article but thank you so much again for making this movie for starring in it putting the cast together um, definitely a work of God and we wish the absolute best to you Thank you. Keep us in your prayers. It would be greatly appreciated. We will be praying for you as well as the success of the film and actually praying for you in all of your future endeavors. I appreciate that so much. You ready? For what? For the presentation. All right, Jimmy. Show's all yours. Oh. Hey, what are you doing? For today notice. This building's being condemned. Father, I'm worried about my dad. Oh, he seems okay to me. Your court is laid down and you haven't made your numbers. I hear your studio needs to be rescued. My dance instructor is having a dance contest. I want my dad to enter. For the competition, the partners cannot have had any dance experience. You have to know five dances. Waltz, tango, hip-hop, quickstep, and the samba. Good. Honestly? Horrible. I'm in trouble. Each couple submits their best dance. If we win the contest, the $25,000 will help us retrofit the building. Thank you, God. They're going to become great dance partners and fall in love. I am horrible at dating. Show me, like, your go-to move. Do you like our dad? <laughs> when your dad's Greek, you have to say Yasu and then the person's first name. Yasu Jimmy. But you got to say like a Greek. Yasu Jimmy. Yasu Jimmy. There you go. You sound like a Greek now. <laughs> Jimmy, what's wrong with you? I don't have it anymore. Something is holding you back. Debbie wrote in a letter to a couple months before she passed away, and I feel like if I open that letter, it'll be like the final conversation. But that was three years ago. I don't know what's on your heart, but I hope it's me. So how was your night? <laughs> when you dance, let whatever you are feeling pour out of your souls. I'm happy to see you back in the saddle again. Hit me one time! Good to see him smile. You just gotta really sell it. You leave. I had no prior dance experience. Although in college they did call me Funkenstein. Frankenstein? Maybe? No, no, no. I'm Greek, but everyone thought that I was Jewish, and so they called me Stein. And then I took second place in my fraternity dance contest, so they started calling me Funk and Stein. It's a great story. Can you tell it again longer? Thank you for listening to Faith, Health, and Home. Inspiring, informative, real life. A full transcript of this interview can also be found at www.faithhealthandhome.com. Also be sure to follow us on social media.